talk about the books that we hate to love and love to hate. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Savannah. And welcome to our podcast. So we will be releasing weekly episodes about books that we absolutely hated but could not put down. Now, quick disclaimer for anyone who is concerned, this podcast is all in good fun. We enjoy poking fun at plot holes and problematic characters and tropes, but we mean no disrespect to the authors and to support them. Each of us will be buying a hard copy of the book for every episode that we release. And since these episodes will not be spoiler-free, we wanted to give you guys at least an update on what our following episodes will be, so that if you want to follow along, you are more than welcome to. Um, So for this episode, obviously by the title, we are doing Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. Um, Next week, we will be doing The Selection by Kira Cass. The following week will be An Abundance of Catherines by John Green. Uh, and the week after that will be The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. And if you want to go five weeks out, it will be Dear John by Nicholas Sparks. So we thought that Twilight would be a good book to start with since I don't think there is anyone in the civilized world left who does not at least know the basic plot line. <laughs> Very true. We will not feel bad if we spoil this for you because I don't know how you have not heard the story by now. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we are just going to jump right in. Yes, we are drinking throughout this episode. We are drinking cheap boxed wine from our fridge. So with that, let's just jump into the episode. Um, So we thought we'd start out with a quick summary for those that just need a quick refresher or don't totally know the plot line of Twilight. It's basically about an incredibly annoying and whiny teenage girl that moves from Arizona to Forks, Washington, where she realizes that she's not as ordinary as she seems to think that she is because literally everyone in this town is obsessed with her. Um, She becomes infatuated with this classmate named Edward, who is a complete asshole to her to begin with, and then suddenly they decide that they are in love. As you do. Yes, as you do. And he you know, lets her in on the secret that him and his family are vampires for God knows what reason. Basically, in the end, they're in love and it's incredibly problematic. Did I leave anything out? I don't think you did. And see, the funny thing is, the first time that Caitlin was telling me that I needed to read this book, it was, this is a classic. Everybody's read it. You can't go throughout your life without reading it. So Caitlin read this a while ago, but this was actually my first time reading the book all the way through. (laughs) And let me tell you, it was an experience. You just, you can't go through life and not have read Twilight. Like, that's just... I think I could have. (laughs) uh, I mean, you can, but have you really lived if you haven't read Twilight? (laughs) There's so many references you wouldn't get had you not read this book. You you are not wrong. Jumping into uh, the characters, giving you a quick, quick rundown here. Bella is not... A real person. She's just, she's empty of anything of substance. It's not that she doesn't have any substance, it's that the only substance that she is composed of is whining and complaining. But also she has her like, her little, okay, so to be honest, I connected with her a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit in the very beginning. That's fair. It's fair. (laughs) Because as I'm, as I'm reading her character and she's this 17 year old girl, she's moving mostly against her will, moving in with her dad, going to this new school, starting over again, which is an experience that I had a lot growing up. We moved around a ton and just (laughs) watching her in her classes, she, I know that her character is supposed to be this like nerdy, cool, edgy type but there's there's this line in the very beginning where she 
is talking about the reading list that they get in English, and she's like, oh, it was all Bronte and Shakespeare and all these basic authors that I've read before. (laughs) (laughs) And you, like, you chuckle a bit, but also that was 100% me in high school. I was over there like, I don't really know what I'm reading, but this seems like a very sophisticated thing to read, so I'm gonna, like, carry it around with me and read it and be very, like... I mean, that's, (laughs) like, that's fair, because I feel like we're all kind of like that when we're in high school. We're just, like, looking for something to, like, set us apart and make us feel special and different. Really, the only thing about Bella that's concrete is that she, her life is totally unfair. Everything is unfair. And she has this hot guy that shows up and just loves her unconditionally for no reason through no doing of her own, but that she smells good. (laughs) Literally, she smells nice. And he can't read her thoughts. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Bella is just, she's such a hard character to read because I can't, like, I want to like her. I just don't. She comes off with a very, I'm secretly pretty, but I don't know I'm pretty. Right, and she's like. The trope that I hate the most in YA novels. Right, because the whole time she, like, comes into this school and she's like, oh, I'm so average, I'm just gonna fly under the radar, da-da-da-da-da, I'm Bella. And then, and then fucking all of these guys, I think there's literally, like, three or four guys throughout the course of this book that try to, like, ask Bella on a date or have them take her to a dance or something along those lines and she just (sighs) basically Edward also doesn't make sense as a character because he is this vampire who him and his family have been living in secret for hundreds of years um you know here and there but they've been in forks for you know uh, quite some time um And he, like, they have, like, this secret of being vampires, and it's this thing that he can't tell anyone and hasn't told anyone. Yet, ever since the day he meets Bella, other than the fact of, like, him being a complete dick to her, like, he just keeps, like, he's, like, begging her to figure out his secret. He's, like, let me give you a little piece of information. Oh, wait, I've said too much. Literally every time they have a conversation within the first 200 pages of the book. You know that they're going to ask, like, well, oh, but what are you talking about? Tell me your secret. And right. Bella falls for it every single right. time. Right, So it just, like, that's pretty annoying because it's, like, he is, I do enjoy, like, the banter that they have back and forth. Like, their dialogue is somewhat entertaining. And not realistic to high schoolers. No, but not at all. Yes, not even remotely. Um... <laughs> And, yeah, so there's that. Um, He, they, you know, start to get along more. They're starting to date and whatever. And he decides he's going to, like, listen in on her friend's thoughts to know what she's thinking because, or, I'm sorry, thinking or saying about him to her friends because he can't read her mind. So to get around that, he's just going to pry into everyone else's mind so that he knows what she is saying about him. I feel like it's, like, Stephanie Meyer is over there like, I'm going to avoid this problematic power imbalance where he can read her thoughts, but also, like, he wants information, so he's going to get it from her friends, which is just as bad. That's not any better. On top of him reading her thoughts, he's, like, actively following her in more ways than just one. So There's he, a like, word for that, and it's stalking. Right. <laughs> he is stalking her 100%, because he is, like, 
he does there's a scene where he like protects her from getting hit by a car which is great like do that if you have superhuman strength (laughs) i expect you to save people from getting hit by cars but also there's a scene where she goes to seattle washington with some of her friends and she walks on her own because she's trying to like find a bookstore or something and her friends (laughs) go off somewhere else and she gets she's so directionally challenged which savannah i'm sure that you can relate to this i relate to that i feel attacked now you're not wrong (laughs) she's so directionally challenged that she ends up in like the fucking industrial (laughs) district or something where she's completely by herself there are no cars the only people on the street are these like this like group of guys that are literally following her to like jump her or try to sexually assault her or whatever we never truly find out but basically in the middle like right before these guys can like jump her edward comes flying in (laughs) with his you know, fancy car and just tells her to get in. Like, what? I'm sorry, sir. This is not okay. Like, I, if any guy did that to me or any of my friends, I would nope the fuck out of there. Well, she has a whole moment where she's like, I could nope the fuck out of here, but he'd be able to catch me because he's, like, super fast. So, like, I really can't run away or get anywhere, so I might as well just get in the car. But she's, like, into it. Also, did we mention that he watches her sleep? (laughs) Like, before they're even dating, he just sneaks into her room and watches her sleep. And it's just, like, this is not charming. Also, this is, like, the first aspect of the book that anyone brings up when you talk about Twilight. They're like, oh yeah, that creepy book where that vampire fucking watches that girl while she's sleeping right and like you'll have people that will vehemently like defend this book to the death and it's because like and so like even though even though he's stalking her and even though like objectively people know that stalking is wrong (laughs) they're still okay with this because this book is great oh my gosh that's so much better is it working now? Yeah, so... Oh, wow, so okay. I've just been speaking doubly loud to make up for every, everything. Yes, Great. so if everything... If if the sound sounds a little bit different, it's because we fixed Savannah's microphone. <laughs> so if it sounded like shit, that's too bad because we're not going back and like fixed it. No, that, I didn't say that explicitly. You filled that in. I'm really good And if that's what you wanted to take from that, you know, do as you will. She's really mean to me. I know. That's fine. Um... Kind of like Edward's really mean to Bella, but she's into it. Oh, yeah. Like, we we also did not really get into, like, how he just, like, was a complete fucking dick to her. Makes mm-hmm. her cry, like, within the first couple of days of school. Mm-hmm. I think she literally says the words, like, why is he so mean? And that's <laughs> just... That just, like, goes to show the depth of this writing, which is not very deep. (laughs) There is no show, don't tell. There is a lot of telling, not showing. Um, Exactly. Oh, and not to mention, they're, like, they just instantaneously both decide that they're in love. There's not really any rapport other than the fact that they're, like, like, interested in each other and then suddenly it's like oh this is what love feels Um, like i'm sorry did you read that science class scene there was so much sexual tension when they were passing the microphone back and forth i don't know how you can look someone in the eyes and just be able to say i think it's prophase and not be turned on by that anaphase oh my god i think you're right edward 
but like that and I just imagine their voices getting lower and lower and they're just like leaning in and passing the microphone see but like not the microphone. It just microscope. That's the word for that thing. Yeah, that microscope. Using, you know. Microscope. Yeah. Microscope. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. This is literally the most, like, the least romantic romance story to ever have evered. I mean, he's not eating her. He could have. Yeah. He could have just like grabbed her and eaten her, but he didn't. And yeah. I think that shows a lot of self restraint. I also think like, before we move on, I think it's also important to talk about the like, scene in the meadow. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Savannah, as someone who has never read these books before or seen the movies, tell me your impressions of this meadow scene. Okay, okay, here's the thing, though. So I knew, I knew, because I hadn't read the book all the way through, and I haven't seen the first movie all the way through, but you get glimpses, and you get scenes, and you get people tossing around inside jokes and explaining things to you. So, I knew going in that this was a book about sparkly vampires. And I just, like, I I didn't understand how you can hype that at all. I don't understand. But reading it through with an open mind, we get to this scene and I'm like, okay, whatever. They're high schoolers. They're falling in insta-love. It's great. There will probably be a love triangle around here somewhere. And then all of a sudden... We have this scene that is supposed to be, I, I'm assuming, like, the romantic climax of this book. Yeah. Would you agree? Um, because after yeah. this, it's, there's more action going on and it's, whatever, but this yeah, is definitely. their, like, their love scene This in is the book. literally, like, the pivotal point from, like, emotional stuff, if you could even call it that, to, like, actual plot points yes, that yes. move the plot forward. But yes, continue Agreed. on. Okay, okay. So, first of all, we have Edward, who's, like... I'm gonna show off a little bit. Watch me run super duper fast. And I'm like, okay, vampires that can run super fast, that's fine. They go and they lay down, and literally this entire scene is two things. First, Edward sparkling and feeling self conscious about it, with good reason, man. <laughs> Edward sparkling. Can we just talk about the fact that this is like your ideal person to date because you love sparkles? I'm think about that for a minute. I don't want to think about I don't want to think about that. I it doesn't have to be Edward. It could be Alice. No. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, you're right, because Alice would sparkle as well and is not a dumbass. Right. All right. I feel a little bit better about sparkling. We have sparkling. And then we have Edward trying to not eat Bella while they make out. Yeah. Those are the only two. Well they're not even making out. It's like it it's like you're right. It's like her trying to make a move, and he's like, don't make a move, Bella. I will drain you of all of your lifeblood. I'm surprised I was strong enough to do the kiss in the first place, Bella. Don't tempt me. But do. He's like, the whole time, it's like, <laughs> stop, but don't stop. That's literally don't Edward's me, entire character. Like, that's the only reason why he's quote-unquote mysterious, because he's just like, don't do the thing, or maybe you should. And Bella's like... Oh, I should? Okay, I'm doing I'm doing it. I was already doing it before you told me not to do it, but now I'm definitely doing it. Right. So yeah, that happens. And then pretty much after that, they like are a couple and Edward decides to introduce Bella to his family, which I must say is by far the most interesting part of the entire book because like learning about their histories, I think was like 
you because know, his family is the most interesting part of the whole book because exactly. the side characters are better than exactly. the main characters. So you like get a little bit of background with like Doctor Colin, which is Edward's, uh, I guess, vampire father, <laughs> as well as uh, his uh, sister Alice and her background story, which you don't get a lot of. But then somehow, and which for some reason loops back to like you get the full story of her origin. But it doesn't really make sense why it wasn't even included in there. It's not satisfying is the problem because it wasn't built up enough in the beginning that you were right. sitting there wondering like, hmm, what happened, to, what Alice? happened to Alice? Yes. I wonder how she's a vampire. Like, when you get to the end and you read it and they're like, Bella's like, oh, that's what happened. And I'm like, wait, was that a question that we had? Right. Like, because like, all you really hear is, is that Alice doesn't really know what her life was like as a human and she doesn't really know how she became a vampire. And later on, it's revealed that she was basically like held in like a si- solitary confinement thing and like an, uh, a sane asylum. Mm-hmm. Insane asylum? Yeah. Insane <laughs> asylum. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> And she, yeah, that like, that's why she doesn't really remember her human life, but she fell in love, or one of the people that worked there fell in love with her, and it happened to be a vampire, so he transformed her. I have so many questions about Alice's backstory now that I know there is a backstory, and it was a very interesting concept, and all of them, I mean, I feel like there was so much potential here with the stories. For example, you have Bella showing up, and all of a sudden, Edward's mom is just like, oh yeah, that time I had a miscarriage and threw myself off a cliff, and you're like... <laughs> yeah. What? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, those conversations that you have the this first is, time that your son brings a girlfriend Esme. home. Esme yes. is the mom. So yes. it's not great with the names in this book, but <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I've read this book several <laughs> times, so I'll make sure that we fill in those names <laughs> Mrs. when necessary. Mrs. Cullen. Esme. <laughs> um, and I just, like, I have questions and I want to know more about all of them, but... It's not built up enough to the point that you you feel like as a reader that's a thing that you should want to know about. Yes, I agree. So, yeah, so we meet the family. The family part is interesting, as interesting as you can get in this book. And peak performance. Right, exactly. And then we move into, like, the portion, like, the actual, like, action of the story, which comes in literally the last maybe 100 pages, where it's basically... The, the family's pay, playing baseball. These three, like, wandering vampires come across them because when they play baseball, it literally sounds like a thunderstorm. And so these vampires come and find them. Um, they catch whiff that Bella is a human. And one of the vampires in their group named James, if I remember correctly. <laughs> You're saying that as if I'll be able to remember what the name checking. is. I'm double checking. I didn't look at you for I think it's James I think it's James too I think it is which while you're looking that up quick side note um the part that I have seen of the movie is this baseball scene which is fucking incredible mainly because you have supersonic black hole playing in the background super massive black hole whatever first of all (laughs) first of all I said it close enough that you knew what I was talking about second of all it was a great song it, it was a great, a great scene. Song. They did a very good job with it. It was a little bit strange, but you know what? With the CGI that we had at that time, whenever it was made, it was good. I was entertained. Yes, pretty much. And I'm still trying to find his name, but I don't care that much, so we're going to say it's James. It's James. It's James. Yep. So tell us if we're wrong. <laughs> James is basically a hunter and decides that he's going to hunt Bella 
just for funsies because he basically just wants to fuck with Edward. So you have James that's decided he's going to hunt Bella, whatever, they like part, they take Bella away uh, and create this plan where basically she's going to run away to Phoenix to try and... I guess outsmart him, him before, scent, which is just like it's the strangest plan because it's like you've got this one vampire that's hunting her, and then you've got these five vampires that literally make an entire family trying to keep her safe, and they're like, you know what we should do? We should split up and go really far. Yeah. It's like literally just like have someone on guard duty for a while. Well, yeah, and and, and five of you could fight mention, one of him. <laughs> not to mention this entire family is like, willing to risk their entire life to protect this girl that they literally met that day, and they've just decided, we love you, Bella, like, we will protect you forever, and so they decide to split up, and she goes to Phoenix with Alice and Alice's, like, boyfriend, Jasper, who's also her brother, which, wait, no, just kidding. No, I think at the beginning no, of the book, no, well, because they're all like a family. You no, know? you're right. Okay, you're right. But in the beginning, right. they do specify that Alice and Jasper are like together, and Rosalie and Emmett are like together. Yes. But, anyways, so she basically goes to Phoenix with Alice and Jasper. She, she is talking to uh, James, who's pretending to have held her mom captive to lure Bella out so that he can kill her. Spoiler and alert. get away. Yeah, and get away from Alice and Jasper. So somehow she's having this phone conversation with her, with the guy that's supposedly holding her mom captive, while with the two guy who vampires. Has super hearing is next door. Well, not. It was Jasper and Alice. I think they were both there. So. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so neither one of them can hear this conversation, apparently. So she ends up sneaking away. She goes to, like, this dance studio where this guy is. She walks in, finds that it was all a ruse. They didn't actually have her mom. Basically. Everything happens in 100 pages. Like, literally yeah. everything that you're saying, everything happens in that last, it's not even 100 pages, it's maybe 50 pages, and it's just thing after thing after thing. And you're just sitting there, like, and I think it was her way of covering up, like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. So she just, like, threw all these things at you, and you're like, wait a minute, Alice could just hear her, like, walking around her room. She can't hear her talking on the phone? Yeah. Like, well, maybe if she whispers really quietly. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. But she's just throwing so many things at you, and you're getting all of this, like, backstory Bella's like oh well when I used to live here at my ballet studio blah 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 you're getting backstory you're getting present story you're getting like these Ella or <laughs> Ella <laughs> Bella's <laughs> plot to sneak away you're getting so many things thrown at you that you just don't have time to think about the plot holes yeah and like again this has been I've read this book several times like more than I wish I had um, and, like, this being, like, I, I don't know, like, my fourth or fifth time reading it, like, it's definitely a lot more obvious when you're, like, looking for plot holes, because it just, like, just the, the logic doesn't make sense, as we've already kind of mentioned, um, you know, she ends up getting, you know, a, a pretty good beating from, from James and, like, almost dies, and, uh, she ends up in the hospital and basically the story that they start spreading around is that, so Bella ran away to Phoenix, Edward went after her to, like, try and convince her to come home to uh, Forks with, uh, I don't know, Carlisle, which is Dr. Mm -hmm. Cullen and someone else. 
and Bella gets upset and runs away and runs down a flight of stairs and ends up tripping and falling and flying out of a hotel window in the stairway. But, like, <laughs> there aren't any windows in stairwells, so how did she not only fly out of a non-existent window, but also windows aren't, like, floor level. Like, she literally would have had to have gotten so much okay. air to launch herself up and out of the window. It just doesn't make any sense. Okay, here, I'm, I'm drawing you a diagram. The diagram? Of exactly how it happened. Okay. Yep. Here's, this. these are the stairs. Okay. Uh-huh, You've I see the, the stairs. stairs, yep. Here's the window that's up way high here, right? Yep. Now, it windows don't exist in stairwells, but hypothetically, if there right. was a window there, it would be up here. She trips... Way up at the top of the wall, for anyone wondering. Uh-huh. She does, like, a, a, a somersault. Somersaulting, yes. And... And miraculously... Somersaults three times. Now... And she, like, uses her, her ballet abilities. She... On this, this, uh, what do you call it? The, the draft, up, up draft. What's the thing that's under airplane wings? The <laughs> air that, the air that lifts you when you're flying. She has that. And she just, I just, like, straight out the window. Now, for those of you who are wondering, the diagram, the diagram that she has drawn me shows Bella, like, swooping down and like, a U turn and then loop-de-looping up to the window to fly out of it. It makes now, sense. Now, Bella is clumsy, but I don't think she's clumsy enough to, like, somehow, like, fucking parkour her way up and out a window. I mean, I wouldn't call it parkour. She broke a bunch of things. Yeah, she did. So she, like, has, like, broken bones and shit, and it just is whatever. So, and then somehow no one investigates this no one has reservations about edward it's just like oh yeah i got a problem with him except the one character that we stand in this novel her father chuck norris chuck norris <laughs> that's his name charlie it's chuck all right well i guess that leads us to jacob oh my god which like again after reading this so many times i guess i've never really like noticed that jacob's what he just turned 15 at the beginning of the book he literally just turned 15 and i'd like everyone to keep that in mind as we continue because this will feed into my theory that secretly in twilight there's a deeper plot that engages the broken time space continuum where everyone ages at a different rate and nothing is right and nothing makes sense yes but but also part of jacob like looking completely different at the beginning of the book towards the end of the book like leads into the next book which is new moon the only thing i have to say is if we have to see an increase in jacob's time on screen or on page or whatever he just like the the only purpose of him he shows up he's a 15 year old bella's like wow this kid looks young but he's kind of flirting with me and i think i could use that flirts with him to get what she wants when she wants it then he disappears. He never comes back. Right. He disappears. Uh-huh. And then at the end of the book, they're at this dance. He shows up and he's like, hey, my dad paid me to tell you to stay away from Edward. And she's like, you know what? He's still pretty young, but he's kind of hot. I don't That's it. necessarily think that that was, like, her, her, like, impression of him. And, like, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to, like, comment on him being attractive like someone can be younger and you can still objectively say like yes they're an attractive person and i guess she's like she's 17 and it's not like she's That's not like three sexualizing years. him no it's literally two years 
And it's not. No, I guess he's 15. She's I keep not, thinking of him as 14. She's not he sexualizing is. him. I think she's more of just saying, like, wow, he's handsome. I don't think it's. Like, I, I see she your point. She only goes for the older okay, men. Okay, but also, no, but think about this. The you wouldn't be year saying old this. Men. But you wouldn't be saying this <laughs> if the places were switched and Bella was 15 and Jacob was 17. Mm. That wouldn't be as weird. It just wouldn't. I mean, like, so, like, my sister went out on a date with a guy who was 18 and she's 16. And it's two years, which doesn't seem like a huge difference when you're in your 20s. But at that age, like, I was kind of sitting there like, mm, this is weird. Like, they're applying to college, they're going to college, and she's, like, getting ready for her next year of high school, and it just, like, feels weird. But it probably wasn't a weird age gap for her. It was just weird because Bella started off the book like, wow, this guy looks like my little brother. He's, like, so tiny and small. And then by the end of the book, it's like, oh, he's kind of jacked now over the past... I don't know, how long did the story last? Like, months? A few months? Yeah. Which leads into the plot of the next book. Because... I know that you're hinting at werewolves, and I know this has to do with werewolves. Yeah. Well, okay, so Jacob is... But technically, I don't know that yet. Well, but Jacob is a werewolf, and Can't like... spoil that But that's me. what it... But I'm spoiling it right now. We already put a spoiler alert <laughs> at the beginning of this, and if you don't know that Jacob's a werewolf, well then, fuck you. I did know that. I still stand... Behind what I said, I think that it would be, we'd be looking at this differently if Bella was the one that was 15 and Jacob was the one that was 17. And maybe it wasn't the age gap so much that bothered me as the, like, the very fast turnaround in how he was being viewed. Because in the beginning of the book, it's kind of like, oh, he's going to be like a little brother friend figure. And then it's like, oh, he's kind of hot. Might be a love interest. And I was like, wait, (laughs) it's been three months. But we can't blame this on Bella. We can solely blame this on Stephanie Meyer's terrible plot (laughs) development. Because you're right. It is literally like a, you barely see Jacob and you see him as a little kid or younger, like, little brother. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of the book, you're like, oh, suddenly he's hot. But that's, like, just to be expected with all of the other characters that we've seen. Because there's literally been no logical character development or plot development. Like, literally nothing in this book is, um, like, makes sense in the grand scheme of things. No, it doesn't. And Edward doesn't act. I want to know... I have so many questions and I just like, I feel like there was such potential here because it's such an intriguing world that she's built. definitely. Like, I want to know, with Edward being, what is he supposed to be frozen as, 17? He's a 17-year-old body? Yeah, he's 17. But he's like 300-something years old. No, he's like 100 and something. Anyway, with how old he is, but with being trapped in a 17-year-old body, like, how does that affect your development and your maturity and your, like... Are you, do you have the maturity of a high school? Because that's what it seems like. Yeah, He's got this maturity of a high schooler, stagnant. but you've lived for a hundred years old, or for a hundred years, so, like... Yeah, I guess, like, what? I guess as I'm reading this, and this is why I would assume that he's, like, stagnant, and as far as, like, his development goes, is because he's still attracted to a high school girl. And, like, when you've lived hundred, like, a hundred years, or however long, we could debate <laughs> that for forever, but, like... Why the fuck do you want to date a 17-year-old girl? Is it because she has, like, low self-confidence and is, like, easy prey for your love? Um, we're gonna go with the, the not developing so that it's a lot less creepy. Right. Well, I mean, we've already made some really great points on why Edward is a creepy and very problematic character. And why Bella is also a very problematic character because she just doesn't care that he literally stalks her. Because she's just so charmed that someone that beautiful would take 
so much interest in her when she thinks that she's like so ordinary and so average which is why i think so many people related to it because you've got this main character who's like doesn't have anything special about her she literally has no standout characteristics where you're like oh that's a thing that bella has she doesn't have anything and i think a lot of people feel like that about themselves and so to all of a sudden have this love interest pop up who's very attractive and for some reason thinks ankle length khaki skirts (laughs) are the hottest thing since 2000 (laughs) which to be fair this book was written in what like 2005 2006 i'm sorry were ankle length khaki skirts ever attractive or is stephanie meyer just mormon (laughs) i have no words for that truly like (laughs) khaki skirts were never in but also savannah and i went to a charter school where we had to wear khakis so did we just miss the craze because we were like in it in school or it never looked good on anyone no it didn't you're you're including me like no one it looked good on no one right you're right and I'm not disputing that fact. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, maybe if you got like a group of vampires in that school, though, they'd just go crazy. High school girls in khakis, you know. Nothing screams sex appeal like the name Edward and an ankle length khaki skirt. <laughs> 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 oh God. Uh, so so final thoughts. Tell me your final thoughts on Twilight. Um, my final thoughts were. As disgusted as I was with myself for reading it, I, after I got past the initial, like, trying to introduce you to the characters, it wasn't not entertaining. I, I, it wasn't not entertaining. I have so many questions about the world that I don't think that she'll answer, but I'm interested enough to see if she will that I am definitely reading the second one. I am interested to see where this is going to go. I don't think it can get much worse, but as long as it stays on this level, it'll be thoroughly entertaining while still being horrible. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I think it's, like, hard to see where this is going because there's not, like, most books, especially when they continue on in a series, like, leave you... Um, with some unanswered questions and the only one that she really leaves you with at the end of this one is Bella wants to turn into a vampire and Edward's like no I'll never do that and that's literally like the only question that you really have unanswered like other than that there's not a big plot point that we need to finish out or anything like that like because essentially there is no plot no other than them being in love (laughs) no Bella's big question is will Edward stay with me and that's it. And But it doesn't even really end on a, a, like, they're having an argument or he breaks up with her or right. something. Like, it's it just it just kind of ends. Yeah, it just ends and it just kind of is. And you're like, all right, yeah. I guess we're doing a second book then, <laughs> question mark? But there were four books, so, like, there's got to be something else going on. So I, I just, I want to see if now that we've got the characters going and we've got the general idea of the world going, if there's going to be more of a plot to push this forward or if it's literally just Bella's in love with a vampire. Let's see how that goes. Like, day in the life of vampire's girlfriend. And I don't want you to spoil it for me. I'll just say you probably won't be impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I guess my final thoughts on the book are it's a book that I will always... I guess, like, have a special place for because it was the book that got me into reading. Like, this is the book that made me want to read when I was younger. I read Twilight when I was in um, fifth grade. I guess it says a lot that a fifth grader was able to read this book and, like, follow it and, like, quote-unquote relate to it. 
Um, no, I think it did that for a but lot I, of people. Yeah, but I think, like, it, it did. It, like, pulled a lot of people in, and I think it's great that there there is a book that's pulled people into to reading and, like, given them that, uh, I guess, drive to just want to read more, even if it isn't the greatest book or if it has a lot of problems or whatever. Like, ultimately, as I've mentioned several times, it obviously was entertaining enough for me to read it multiple times through, like the whole series, not just the first book, the whole series. So I think it says a lot that she's able to at least keep us entertained, even if it isn't in the most attractive ways. If Twilight is your favorite book, or um, you've got some disagreements with some of the points that we've raised, then please let us know. <laughs> yes, we will be plugging our social media and potentially an email address. Um, later on, we haven't set that up yet, but we do want to hear from you guys if you do disagree from us because we like arguing. <laughs> you will hear that a lot from us. We argue a lot with each other. Don't make it sound like that. We're not going to make you feel bad or anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, obviously, you know our thoughts. You're probably not going to change our mind or our stances. But like, I am genuinely interested in knowing, um, you know, what it was about the book that made you enjoy it or you know, say that you actually like it versus uh, hate to like it. Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that is our first episode on Twilight. How do you how do you feel about it, Caitlin? I don't really know. I mean, I feel like we've been talking about doing this podcast for so long and now we've <laughs> actually done it and I just feel like I need more sangria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, we, I think we should go get that. <laughs> so with that being said, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we will see you next week. Bye.